Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original... Welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we'll introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I'm Allie Siegel. And I'm Melissa Stetton. What's so funny? <laughs> it's just something funny in the way you say it. It's funny yeah, to me i like trained, it yes i a like trained it podcaster <laughs> like she it's went good. to college for I podcasting went to college for podcasting you're lucky to have me so this week on web crawlers i'm really excited about this i know you are i have a personal relationship you to this, do and i'll be getting into it but we're going to do children who remember their past lives mm-hmm. and the subject of reincarnation in general here we go Is reincarnation real? Do we really have past lives? Children from all over the world report memories of previous lives. It's a pretty interesting phenomenon. How many lives have you Hundreds. Hundreds. Okay, first of all, what is reincarnation? Is a good question. Reincarnation... <laughs> Reincarnation is the rebirth of the soul in a new body. It is a large part of Jainism, Buddhism, Sikhism, and Hinduism, but is slowly infiltrating its way as a belief in Western cultures. The concept of reincarnation can be found also in mystical Judaism. Jewish mystical texts, for example, the Kabbalah, teach a belief in Gilgul Neshamot, which is Hebrew for uh, soul cycle. 
I know, but I think cycle of the soul. Okay. I thought at first immediately the bike thing, but then right. it was like a cycle of the soul. But then I kept thinking like, do you think, because people think soul cycle is a cult. Oh. Do you think people who that do soul cycle like reincarnation and there are several notable accounts of children who have remembered their past lives. One that I think is super interesting is the case of Ryan Hammonds. Since Ryan was four years old, he would direct imaginary movies in his room. He would also wake up screaming in the middle of the night, saying that his heart exploded once in Hollywood. This obviously confused his parents, who took him to the doctor, and the doctor attributed this to night terrors. Sure, makes sense. Right. Then, one night, Ryan told his parents that he thought he used to be someone else. Although Ryan, a toddler, lived in Oklahoma, he said he remembered living in a big white mansion in Hollywood with a swimming pool. He said he had three sons and a wife. That's when Ryan's parents started researching reincarnation and checking out photo books on, photo books on photo Hollywood books. from the local library. My first question was, can toddlers like talk this much? That's what I was saying. How old? He's four. Yeah, it's, it's preschool. Okay. I used to be an elementary school teacher. I don't know anything. About, no I don't idea. know anything about kids. One day, while looking through the books, Ryan stopped at a photo from the 1930s movie Night After Night. There were six men in the photo, and Ryan pointed to one of the men in the middle. He said, "Hey, that's George. We did a movie together." He then pointed to a man in the back and said, and that's me. That's weird. Ryan's mother soon thereafter confirmed that the man in the picture was an unknown actor named George Raft. What so the, the kid fuck? pointed to a like, guy oh, hey, that's in the George. picture. Was like, that's George. And then it was a man named George. That's weird. She found a film archivist to find the name of the man Ryan believed was himself and found that it was a man named Martin Martin. <laughs> bad name an uncredited extra in the film. Weeks later, a film archivist laid out several pictures of women in front of Ryan and asked if any of them looked familiar to him. Ryan pointed to one of them and said, I recognize that woman. And it turned out to be Martin Martin's wife. What? And this man, Martin Martin, had three sons. What? Yeah. Then the next case is a woman named Jenny Cockle, who believed that she was an Irish mother named Mary in a past life who passed away and left eight children behind. As a child, she remembered incidents, places, and family members from a former life. She remembered being a mother of eight children on an island called Malahide in Ireland. She even would draw as a child maps of the island by memory what? that were completely accurate. How old was she? She was a kid she was a kid hmm. she remembered specific details from her former life like she talked about this time where she and her family she and all her sons um were like stuffing an old mattress <laughs> and they'd overstuffed it and they couldn't get it through the doorway of the house like weird specific memories that's a weird memory to like have a very weird specific memory like, I guess, like, back in that day. Is that what they did back in... I guess in that remote town, like, you don't, like, order it. You don't go to the mattress store. You make your own store. mattresses. You make your own mattress and you, like, stuff it. That's not a bad idea, actually. Right? I know. It's actually a good idea. Yeah. Put your old clothes in there instead of throwing them away. Or money. Put your <laughs> hamburgers filled with money. And she remembers dying in a hospital room. Oh. As an creepy. adult, she decided to research these memories. She visited the island of Malahide for the first time. And when talk through talking with the locals found that there was a woman who had died there. Her name was Mary Sutton, 
and she had eight children. Then Jenny went on a quest to find the children, which she ultimately did. Oh, no. A BBC show called Strange But True found out about what Jenny was doing and decided to get involved. They connected Jenny with the children of this family that she thought she was the mother of and decided to interview both Jenny and all the children separately and like compare the memories that they had. Mm-hmm. So they had Jenny recite like all the memories that she remembered from this life as like Mary, their yeah. parent, and then interview the children mm-hmm. and like have them recite what it was like growing up. And their conclusion, this show was that they had nine pages of information that matched up exactly. That's crazy. So to this day, the family believes that Jenny <laughs> is the reincarnation of their mother, Mary. So the family even believes it. Yes. And they Holy keep in touch. Sh- the what? Yeah. But she, the woman, she's younger. Yeah, she's younger. Than all these children. Yeah, like the children, one of the children's name is Sunny. He's like 90 and like Jenny is like 50. That's 40. crazy. Yeah. That's weird. It's weird when like you come to a family, you're like, I'm your mother reincarnated. And they're like, yeah, I think you are. Yeah, crazy, right? Because like the, they, she had said the mattress thing to them. And then their son was like, yes, that happened. Yes, we stuff our old hamburgers in mattresses. How did you know? We absolutely do that. (laughs) Okay, here's a kid, James Leininger, or Leininger, whatever. So his parents claim that he was having nightmares of being a World War II pilot. He was yelling out the names and places of real planes and soldiers. But right before this happened, his dad, Bruce, took him to this flight museum. And he was obsessed with planes as a kid. He was like one and a half or two years old. Uh, He would spend hours playing with toy planes and he would yell when he saw a real plane in the air. Uh, I do that, too. Yeah. The boy kept wandering back to the World War II section of the museum. He was, like, obsessed with it. And when the dad tried to take him away, he started crying and he wanted to stay. So the dad bought him this Navy Blue Angels flight demonstration videotape at the museum. And then James played it so much that he practically wore out the tape. Remember wearing out tapes? Crazy. The parents eventually wrote this book called Soul Survivor that was a bestseller. They sold it in 10 different countries. And they would do interviews on like Good Morning America, Fox News. And the kid would say like he said he was with a pilot named James Houston flying in this ship called the USS Natoma Bay. He flew a ship? The name, the air, airship, (laughs) airship. And the name of the pilot next to him was a guy named Jack Larson. But aside from the name of the carrier, the Corsair is what they called it. All the details cannot be verified. There is a World War II memorial registry lists a guy named James Houston who flew in the air corps, but he did in Europe. And there's also a Jack Larson listed, but he didn't fly in Iwo Jima. Up until 2017, so two years ago, this family was still doing interviews. The last one was on Fox, I believe. And the kid was like, yeah, when I was a kid, I would just call out their names and have nightmares. It seems kind of fishy. I I found him on Facebook and his Facebook profile is a Mustang. He went to the museum and he was like two and and he was obsessed with airplanes. And then he started, he like said one day the name of like, oh, Jack Larson and Jack Houston, like the pilots that we were on a Corsair and we were in Iwo Jima. So their parents co-wrote this book interesting so they really that one's that one's fishy we'll get back to that one yeah that seems that seems a little suspect yeah so there's another documentary called the boy who lived before that we both watched 
It's on YouTube. It's so good. It's really good. This boy Cameron, he's five years old, from uh, they're from Scotland. He remembers another life on the island of Barra in Scotland, which is about 200 miles from his house. He said that he fell through to his current family, and he said his other life, he has three brothers and sisters, a black and white dog, and his father, which he said his name is Shane Robertson, and he had spiky hair. And that he died when he was run over by a car. His mom and the psychiatrist, Jim Tucker, who was like this leading psychiatrist with like children and past lives. Yeah, he works. We're going to get into that. Yeah. He works at the University of Virginia, like paranormal lab. Yeah. So this guy and the mom, they took Cameron to Barra in the the show. He's like looking out the window and he's like, I reckon I recognize everything. (laughs) And then they go to a historian to check if there's anyone, any family named Robertson, but no one lived there. And they drove by white houses near the beach, which is what Cameron said. He would grow up in a white house, but they couldn't find any houses and Cameron didn't recognize any of them. But the next day, the historian calls him and is like, I have urgent info. And so apparently the historian found a family of the Robertsons on a small island near Barra who said they lived in a white house in the 60s. So the mother and Jim Tucker, they don't say anything to Cameron. They just want to take him there to not like influence his, you know, thoughts. And so they get there, they get out of the car and Cameron starts crying. He's like, the kid is, he's probably like, he's like five or six at this time. So he's like kind of shy and crying. And then the mom says, are you crying because this is your house? And and he says, yes. Like he just shakes his head. Yes. Like at this point in the movie, I feel like the mom is way more into this. Yeah. That feels like Cameron. a leading question. Yeah. Like they ask him yes or no questions. Like, is this your old brother's room? Is this so? And he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when they return back from Barra, the mom says she found a family member from the Robertsons who is still alive, Ooh. And who lived in the house. And then they show like Cameron being angry and hitting his brother. And the mom's like, he's been really upset since I told him the news and he's been acting out and he's saying he doesn't want to see her. But the mom takes him to this old woman and Cameron is like kind of uncomfortable and shy and the old, woman, the old woman says she doesn't know anyone named Shane. She doesn't know anyone who died in a car accident. And the details kind of don't match Add up. up. The older Cameron gets, he, he's the psychiatrist says he starts to lose his memories of all of that. Yeah, and I think that that's common with like, I mean, who knows whether or not this, this one doesn't seem like as accurate as some of the other yeah. ones. But like, I think the older the kids get the less they seem to retain the yeah. memory of their past. It is life. a and what's weird is that he said he lived in a white house. Yeah. That's the same thing as Ryan Hammonds. He's like, I lived in a white mansion in Hollywood. Yeah. And this kid's like, I lived in a white house, like a big white house on the beach. Okay, the next one is Gus Ortega says he used to be his own grandfather. <laughs> he apparently told his father that when he was one and a half, you know what? I used to change your diaper when you were young. Like, he said he was one and a half. That's not accurate. He knew about his aunt, but this is interesting. Yeah, this is weird. He knew about his aunt getting murdered and her body being put in the San Francisco Bay. He also <laughs> said he came through a porthole, which is similar to what 
Cameron said. Yeah. Portal. I don't think porthole is. Port, did I write portal? You said porthole. <laughs> I'm going to say portal. The portal. Um, yeah. So he also said the same thing about the portal. And he, he's named after his grandpa, too. His grandpa's name is August, and this kid's name is Gus. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, knowing how your aunt was murdered is interesting, but also he could have overheard that. Yeah. But the portal thing is... Yeah, that's what Cameron said. He said he fell through to his family, and this kid's like, I fell through a portal. That's common for near-death experiences. Oh, that's true. There's even like a book on it. I think that the guy's name who... Barry Weiss, I think, is the one who coined the term near-death experience. Well, that's not right. Barry Weiss is is one of the guys on the show Storage Wars. (laughs) No, that um, is him. (laughs) Yeah, that's him. But it's also, I think, what you what happens when you take DMT. Oh, the spirit molecule. But, anyways, one thing that's pretty exciting is that I've also been past life regressed. Ooh. When I was a young lass. My grandma in 1999, so I was like 11 or 12, got me a past life regression. The thing I don't understand about this, though, is that I didn't remember any of this. This wasn't like my recounting my past lives. So this, this was, woman wasn't in the room with you? She just like... No, this is like, I guess my grand. I don't know how this occurred. I just have it. <laughs> I don't have any recollection of this. Like, I think in this Maybe woman, this happened in your past life. Maybe this happened in a past life. This woman is apparently from Albany, New York, who did it. So I don't know if my grandma like gave her a picture of me. Oh, maybe. Or like told her about you. Yeah. And then she did it. Oh, yeah, probably. Ann Fisher is the name of the quote unquote psychic who did this. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's got a lot of videos. Oh, she does? On, in, uh, on YouTube. Ann Fisher psychic readings. Yeah. As seen on psychic detectives. Ann Fisher. I, 100%. I bet you that's how my grandma found her. It was crazy reading this because I have a very rich life. Like apparently I was I started in Atlantis. The fictional underground city. Yeah, the the underwater city. said, I feel you go back to Atlantis. I feel you were a woman. It's also written on a typewriter, and there's tons of typos. (laughs) I feel you go back to Atlantis. I feel you were a woman in that lifetime. I feel engaged in working or teaching young people. You were with your soulmate and very happy in this one. It was a rewarding time to have lived. Atlantis was very advanced in its day. Also, like, in its day, like, versus In what now? day? Like, what? Um, you had two sons and was busy with your husband <laughs> working with the students. You were creative and taught in this field. Your soul advanced for it was a wonderful first life. This one's tight. Next, you lived in ancient times in Egypt. Again? Again? I feel you were there, too, being from Atlantis. A high priestess in the temple. This is where you developed and brought out your psychic powers. It was a life to service for God and county, two T's. You were special (laughs) to be chosen for this life by the high priest of your city. It was a different life which gave you soul growths. Soul growths. Soul growths. Then there's another one where I was married to a fisherman in Norway and had nine (laughs) children because I wanted to experience a life of being poor. Because you wanted to be poor? That's what it says. It says I wanted to try to see what being poor was like. Cool. Yeah. And then in my last one, the next lifetime, this was my pre- my last life before this one. The This last life you lived at turn of the century. You wanted to enjoy life and you did. I feel you were a flapper in the 20s and did some stage work. Ooh. I feel this is a life of fun and going places and being a free woman, which was a time after women's suffrage and the first chance women had this privilege. You married a man who is powerful and had money too. 
Of course, both go hand in hand. I feel you had everything you wanted in those days. Travel, love, money, and the chance to be yourself. You live to be 48. (laughs) (laughs) To the ripe old age of 48. 48. So anyway. So you've lived many lives. Yeah, I mean, there's. I only read a few, but there's three pages here of lives that I've lived. Crazy. From France to Philadelphia to Atlantis. Which one do you like the most? The high priestess. Yeah. The psychic high priestess in Egypt, obviously. And the flapper's also good. Yeah, I like the high priestess. What about a fisherman where you wanted to be poor? I think that's really nice of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that is so nice. Humble. But anyways, people, there. this seems like a lot of hooey. But there, but scientists are actually studying this phenomenon. There is a paranormal activity lab at the University of Virginia that studies children who remember their past lives, among other things. It was founded in 1967 by Dr. Ian Stevenson. Um, it was originally called the Division of Personality Studies, and it studies ESP. That's um, reading people's minds, mm-hmm. I think. Extrasensory perception. Oh, sick. Um, <laughs> poltergeist, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, and claimed memories of past lives. Dr. Tucker, who we talked about, he was yeah, in the... with Cameron. The, yeah, with Cameron. He works under Dr. Stevenson to carry out the research of life after death. And what they think is it's the law of conservation of energy applied to human consciousness, otherwise known as reincarnation. Oh, interesting. One thing that people think that I wanted to discuss with you. Yeah, this is interesting. Is I've heard and I've also read that birthmarks can be an indicator of how you died in a past life. That's interesting. Yes. Do you have any birthmarks, Maria? Not like, I just have like little dots. I don't have like a birthmark. So like freckles. Yeah. Like moles. So maybe I got like splashed with something. (laughs) Or that's the injection site of some lethal injection. In my cheek? Sure. Do you guys have? Like I have like a big like white thing here on my neck and I'm like maybe someone cut off my head. Oh, Mm -hmm. I have on my back, it's like an inch long, like oval. It's kind of just like a discolor, like a lighter skin. Maybe you were stabbed. Oh my God. Because that would be right on the back of my rib cage. Yeah. Why would your old body be in your new body though? Good question. <laughs> so you said that. Why would things in your old body be in your new body? <laughs> Maria, age four. I don't understand. Why would things in your own? <laughs> Maybe you're carrying, it's a memory. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe all the ways you die are on your new body. Because one, I saw that there was a girl like in India who thought she was reincarnated. Did you see that one? Yes. Where she had like all this stuff on her ribs. Oh, yeah. And then it, and she thought she was reincarnated from someone. And then that person she thought she was reincarnated from had been hit by a car. And it was the same scars that she had on her body yeah. matched. So how do you explain that? Do you think you guys, this is producer Maria. Hey, Maria. Um, Maria. <laughs> do you guys think that like things that you're into now, like things that you really respond to, like certain kinds of music, certain people in the past, do you think that that leads you to like down a path of maybe you were around during that time? Maybe you were like knew that person maybe you were that person yeah maybe but also the opposite 
So like I know people who do past life regressions as a form of like trauma therapy because like like people who are like hate are like afraid of the water for some or whatever um, or a claustrophobic. They think maybe from like a past life, maybe they, they drowned. drowned or were confined or something. And so they do past life regression to try to get over oh. whatever trauma, un, unresolved or unfounded trauma they have in this life. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was reading Maria's that. Not like, buying it. No, I am buying it. I'm just thinking about how, <laughs> what my fears are and how scary my past lives must have been. Right. Yeah. I did find this article that trauma could be passed down generationally. Two generations in mice this experiment they did where like a, a grand a grand mouse <laughs> <laughs> it was a mouse who was the second generation they would still be afraid of a certain kind of smell that the other mouse was was like not into or something well, also, if you believe in the correlation between like reincarnation and karma, is that like you're reincarnated until you resolve any oh. karmic issues that you're dealing with. Like if you murdered someone like three lives ago, like you're here trying to resolve. resolve. But then so, what do you think like in the life that we're living now, like <laughs> the three of us are kind of doing the same thing. But then like, so like in the future, our next self is going to be past life regress. And they're going to be like, okay, so then you did have a life where you kind of sat around a lot. <laughs> you were on your phone a lot. You were on your phone a lot. You wanted to do a lot of stuff, but it just kind of wasn't panning out. There's too much TV to watch. <laughs> you, you know. You died at 48. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah, what if someone, what if in our next life, someone past lives regresses us? Oh. What, are, what would they say? That's the scariest thing. Oh, it's like you no. wanted to travel a lot, but you just couldn't. couldn't you do couldn't it. do it. You couldn't. You just didn't have the money. That's so sad. Like these are seem. Yeah. Those seem like sad. Like your past life. Some of them are sad. Yeah. But also I was like doing shit. I was teaching in Atlantis. It's may this be a lesson. Now, to I'm just us. now we now we have to <laughs> make our lives count so that when we get future life regressed our future selves will be proud of us. Wow. Live like you want to be regressed. <laughs> That's your new, your Live new motto. Live how you want your regression to sound. Live how you want to be regressed. Live, Live how you want your regression to. to. <laughs> Live how you want your regression your ultimate be. regression. Live like your ultimate regression. Yeah, live like your ultimate regression. T-shirt. T-shirt, live like your ultimate regression. That's add that to the store. <laughs> our t-shirts, huh? Yeah, interesting. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. 
Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now we're going to interview our friend Kristen, who has actually had a past life regression. So crazy. She's here to talk about it. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Kristen. Thank you. So Kristen is, she's a member of the Pistol Shrimps basketball team. That Which myself. I asked once if I could join and then everyone was like, yeah, and then no one followed up with oh, me. Oh, no, that's not true. That is not true. I have no sense that you can't blame me. This isn't about me. This is about regression. So let's continue. <laughs> anyway, you have had a past life regression. Let's see. I did. What, how, let's Why did you it. get it yeah, in the why? first place? What led you to do it? Okay, so I'll bring it back a yeah. little bit. I was given a book. I was on a TV show with my friend. Okay. Are we allowed to know what TV show it was? It's called RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. This was like a long, long time ago. This was seven-ish years ago, maybe. And my friend was like, uh, it was one of those shows at the time where you had a lot of downtime with my job. So she was like, here's a book to read. It's one of those books where you read it and you pass it along. And I was like, great. Love that kind of book. It was like, everyone poops. Everyone poops. (laughs) (laughs) That moment I learned that everyone pooped. Um, no, it's called Many Lives, Many Masters. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes. By Brian Weiss. He's like the guru. Yeah. Of, or he's not the guru of, but he popularized past life regressions because he was himself a major skeptic. Yeah. And the book essentially changed my life. Loved it, read it multiple times, have bought it multiple times and passed it on multiple times. Like, and I keep doing that actually. I keep buying the book when I see it. If I go to like a used bookstore and it's there, I buy it and I pass it on. Shut oh, up. that's awesome. It's one of my favorites. Like, I love it. That's so crazy. So long story short-ish, I was working on a show last year where I became friends with this the one there's a little girl who's 12 years old now and she and I just like bonded yeah and turns out after hanging out with her and her mom who's always you know like we're always together that her dad is a very well-known psychic medium what wow who is friends (laughs) with Brian Weiss oh Oh my god and so because the, and they found out very like p- pretty quickly that I am a very spiritual person and somehow right. the topic of past life regression came up and then somehow that led to her telling me who her husband husband was the mom and that he knows Brian Weiss who wrote the book and put me in touch with a woman who did my past life regression so she was like a first hand 
um, recommendation. She So she's like the real deal. She's the real deal. This isn't someone you found on Craigslist. No. This is a real... <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about it heavily. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, but she lives on the East Coast, so my past life regression was done via Skype, which she doesn't recommend. And there were some awkward lags that like kind of take you in and out of the right. process. But she was one of those people or is one of those people that's super patient and like ignored all of the things and we yeah. just like pretended as if as if nothing was going on and it was about a it was almost two hours wow yeah how did the process work what did she do so you essentially a misconception i guess is that you are hypnotized right. i think that maybe that might be a way of doing it i don't know of all the ways i'm not super familiar with any of it but she explained it to me as a very um, a deep relaxation, very much you're just meditating. So she asks you questions about memories first to get you. She's like, what's your earliest memory? Hmm. And she'll put you in that scene. You'll feel that scene. You'll feel like you're back in there. And that's like part of meditating, right? Where you just right, right. kind of go back and relax. And then, so she went through two memories with me. And then after that, it slid into past life regression. She, it was oh like, my gosh. Oh, it was crazy. Just based on two memories. Well, you, she could have kept going back, I think, with you. Right. But if she senses that you're relaxed enough, oh, I see. she'll know the moment. But you, hearing her voice and um, she tells you, you know, you never have to worry about getting lost in your dreams with her or whatever it is. Because you know how I was scared that I was just going to be in this blackout world. Like in that movie. Like that movie. Yes. Uh, Inception. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, I'm blanking. As soon as you said that, I was like, like Inception. Yeah. I don't want to get stuck in my brain. I was yeah. like, is it going to be something where I'm hypnotized and then I'm, that's it? You're my there forever. Lying there. <laughs> the dark no place. No one will come find me. My girlfriend's out of town. <laughs> uh, and that's just how it happens. She takes you to mem- through your oh memories, like your earliest memory, and then if you were relaxed enough, anything before then. So one of my memories was like a Christmas memory, and then a memory before that was the '94 earthquake because I grew up here in the oh. valley. Where'd you go and to high school? Sorry. To see me Valley High. Oh, I was going to say we could cut that. I went to Harvard Westlake. Oh, really? Yeah, that's so crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. I was. Where's that? Really? Oh my god, we're all fancy, LA kids. Fancy, well, fancy. I went to Millwood Elementary School in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Did you guys go there? Did anyone go there? That's I, a valley, right? Yeah. yeah. There, there was a hill. <laughs> but yeah, so like I was, she was like, any memories about whatever? And I talked about the 94 earthquake. I got very, so I don't know. You guys know me well enough. I'm not the most emotional. Well, Melissa's a horrible person to ask because I bawled when I found out that she was engaged. Yeah, you cried. But in yeah. general, I am not a very emotional person, or at mm-hmm. least I don't like to show it. Yeah. And I was a wreck wow. talking about the 94 earthquake. Wow. Like, full on. Had She told me at the very beginning to have a box of tissues ready because you never know what's going to happen. And I was like, I swear I will not need these tissues. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I left one unused. What? That's so <laughs> wild. Yeah. It, and, then from, and then from that moment, she goes, okay, so that's just... She counts backwards and then she has you open your eyes within your eyes, essentially, because my eyes were closed. Yeah. And when you wake up to talk about what you see, like look at your hands, look at your feet. Do you see anything you recognize? What's your gender? Whoa. That kind of a thing. Yeah. What's your age? Can you tell by the way that you look? And 
I have the transcript. She actually transcribed the whole thing so that I would have something to revert back to if I ever needed to remember. That's amazing. Amazing. And her name is Valerie Keating. If you ever really I'm want going to, to go talk to her. To her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I opened my eyes and I remember my shoes being too big. That was like one thing. Oh, weird. So it was like, I was like, I feel like I'm borrowing someone's shoes because I'm outside in a field of flowers and I was doing this and my shoes were too big. And she goes, okay, so like, what do your hands look like? And I felt like a young girl. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. And I was like, I'm in a field of flowers. And she goes, okay, so and then she has you fast forward, which I guess you can do that in past life regression therapy because all of a sudden I'm inside of kind of like a log cabin-ish standalone, not in today's time. Like Little House on the Prairie-ish? Kind of, yes, except not in America. Because oh, the, there was a woman cooking and she was like in a bandana. And I she asked if I recognized her face or her features or anything similar because you can live past lives with people that you're living with now. But this wasn't someone oh, that I recognized. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So oh like say you and your best friend are soulmates and oh, you've lived sense. past lives. Yeah. Like you don't, you aren't the same person and you aren't, you don't even have to be the same gender, but you could have lived a life with someone before. That's My mind is so crazy that I'm like, I want to do it just to see if the guy who I dated recently, <laughs> who I think is my soulmate, has been in any lives with me before. You never know. You ne- I mean, you never know, Allie. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Don't tell her that before. You <laughs> <laughs> be like, that's not what this is for. <laughs> This isn't a dating service. It's not a dating service. <laughs> I wish I could be a fly on the wall for other people's though. Because oh yeah, it was when you're doing it, you're not fascinated by your own experience right. until until you're reading your transcriptions, yeah. essentially. But I didn't recognize the woman cooking, but I could relate that she was my mother, and I was like, maybe oh. these shoes are hers. And I was in like some sort of traditional non-American clothing. And then she goes, okay, so let's fast forward. Essentially, your past lives that you are able to bring into your conscious at that time is a learning experience. So you learn something from that life that got us to where we are now. Exactly. So she said, fast forward and we're going to see like what we can learn from this past life. And essentially, that's how you died in a way. And so she goes... I remember opening, maybe I'll have to pull up the transcription, but I remember opening my eyes and just seeing fire everywhere because before then she asked, what are your feelings? And I said, I was really lonely because I was just like this girl in the middle of nowhere. And then one of, okay. So before the fire, I opened my eyes and I was by myself. So the mom is gone now. I'm a little older and I was really lonely. And then she said, we're going to fast forward a little more. And there was just fire. And it turns out that she... And through the transcriptions and my therapist said that she thinks that I died in this fire because when you fast forward through the fire, it's, I just had black. There was nothing to continue. Oh, weird. So she goes, well, rewind a little bit and go back into the fire. And she constantly reminds you that you can wake up at any point. Yeah. Right. You're constant. You're, you're aware of your surroundings. You're aware that you're not like, this isn't where you are now, like residing now. So there was a fire and apparently I had said it like I was committing suicide <gasps> in real life. Isn't it? Oh, my God. I was lonely, and I set a fire because 
the way we came to that conclusion was I didn't have fear. I re- there was fire oh. all around me. I was in the house or next to the house, and I felt like I had set it. It was intentional. It was an intentional fire, and I wasn't trying to escape it. Oh my god, yeah. that's crazy! What a dark way to kill Isn't yourself. Not- yeah, I know. I was like, I must have been really wow. yeah, oh my really lonely. Yes. Wow. And then at the end of every life, she has you talk to your spiritual advisors, which they're not with us um, in terms of physically here, but and they don't aren't necessarily someone that you've known or anything like that. But they are someone that's spiritually there for you, and you ask them what can I get out of this? Or they'll tell you what you could have gotten from this or whatever it was. And I didn't reach the point of any vocalization from them, which I guess some people get, but I felt what I felt from mine was like, Oh, like a hug, like a warm hug. Isn't that nuts? Oh my God. It's crazy. (laughs) And I felt like a warm hug and a, like a, like a wink or a nudge kind of a a feeling like a vibe from my spiritual advisor. And then once you go through that, you, she takes you, she asks you if you want to go through another, see if you can reach another past life. And I was like, of course, yes. Yeah. And I open my eyes again and I'm underwater. <laughs> Isn't that what? And, but I look for hands and feet and I, this is the story that I was telling You're you. You are a dolphin in Lemuria. <laughs> Close. <laughs> I was a fish, which I didn't know that you could truly Listen, I'm still a, I'm always a skeptic. I'm here I'm for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for it though. I'm super open-minded. I'm very much into this weird shit. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I opened my eyes and I was underwater and I had no hands and I had no feet and I didn't feel human, but I felt like I belonged there. Oh my god. So she has you describe wow. exactly what is going on. She's like, "Okay, so and she doesn't tell you right off the bat that she thinks you're a fish. She she lets you figure right. it out so that A you don't freak yourself out." Right. Or you know what I mean, or she doesn't want to give anything away whatever. And I remember there being like a coral reef or like a rock wall or something to my right, and it was almost as if you are not the feeling was you're not allowed to pass this. Huh. But that it felt like to be with people or with things or animals of my own kind that they were at past that wall there was like a weird barrier and i can read the transcription to you guys if you want yeah okay because this one might be a little confusing okay so lifetime two this is what i say i am in the ocean i am not in a body i am in an area where there's light and i am underwater i can see the light and tropical fish it must be warm water, and I feel normal, but it's strange. I keep feeling like I can't pass this point. This is me talking. Oh like, my this God. is me talking. So, there's a glass wall between me and what I am trying to get to, and I can't get to it. And then Valerie asks me how that makes me feel, and I say I feel anxious. And she asks, what would it be like if you could get through? And I said that I feel like I'd feel safer. There's no reason for that belief, though. It's like someone tells you something, when, and then you just believe it. I don't sense immediate danger, but I don't like being, I don't like not being able to get where I want to get. And then she asks, is this like, what happens now? Is there a parallel to your life as me now, Kristen? And I said, I don't usually let anything stop me and stress fuels me. So this time the oceanic lifetime, it feels like I'm defeated. I can't see there's no feeling or friendship or family. And I feel super alone, which is yeah, again, right. a relation to the other past life. 
And she goes, are you a fish? And I said, I may be a fish. Yes. There are other fish. She goes, are there other fish around you like tropical ones? And I said, yes, but they are not like me. And she goes, what's your type? And I said, I'm larger. They feel like they're wary of me. I am not that much bigger, but not like a shark or anything like that. But I'm bigger and I felt very displaced. Like everything around me didn't want anything to do with me. I felt alone. Like I didn't have the same type of me around. And then she said, there's garbled connection here. (laughs) Uh, And then she goes, what about the barrier? Can you name what it is? And I said, I don't know. Let's go forward in time. So now she's fast forwarding me. And I said, I'm in the same place. There's no difference. And then she goes, let's go to the last day of this past life. And I said, I'm in a new place, but I don't know what side of the barrier I'm on. However, it's different. It's the same, but I don't see where I was before the wall. And the wall is now gone. There was a coral wall where I was trying to go, but it's now gone. And then she goes, let's let's ask a guide to help interpret and give you a download of what's going on. And essentially, my spiritual guide, again, gave me a hug and a wink and like a nudge. And she says, okay, so maybe you were lonely. And then you managed to get past that wall, but you realize that there was nothing also on the other side of that wall. Interesting. But that you had beaten whatever was telling you. Yeah, to go over right. there. This one was the confusing one for me. The loneliness was the only connection. And then she tried to connect those two lifetimes to what I am now. And what I am now is more of a hermit. Like, I now appreciate solitary. Yeah. Right. Whereas I was longing for people to be around me so bad in what these past lives were. And I am now, I feel like the she goes, well, maybe the wink and the nudge and the hug is that you've learned your lessons and you now have that really good um, balance between being social and being by yourself. And she was like, are you comfortable with where you are now? And I'm very comfortable with where I am now. Like yeah. I can be around a group of people and love to be alone right like right. none of the shrimps have ever been to my apartment <laughs> no, right i haven't. isn't that crazy i'm the exact same isn't way isn't that insane i am someone who oh, loves to go out yeah and like i know my limit of social yeah so i can leave when i want to leave but and i have that feeling of if someone's in my house and they're enjoying themselves i love that but if i want them to leave and i feel like i can't ask them to leave yeah. that's going to cause some serious anxiety yeah. yeah your house is like your sanctuary it's yeah. my sanctuary yeah for sure wow that's fascinating but that was my experience and i and this woman valerie was she's like you can reach out to me whenever you want she was like i will she goes free of charge. If you ever have questions if you ever like just reread your transcript and want to talk more she was like I'm always here for you now. That's what when wow. makes me think people like that are actually legit. Yes. I went to a psychic once mm-hmm. who afterwards was like, you can text me anytime, like free of charge if isn't you have questions. Incredible? That's awesome. And that's I was like, okay, if you're not, this isn't like a money thing for you. No. Right. It's like, I will never speak to you again. Do not contact me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. But it was, it w- and she says that you can, you know, go on your very merry way and never speak again or... If you want to ever try again, we can try again and see if you come back to anything different. And the first time for a lot of people, apparently you don't get you don't get a good reading Hmm. because you're still conscious. You're still. Yeah, you're still in your mind about it. Still. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So all of these factors can change and whatnot but so next time i go to the east coast i want to do like an in-person sit down full-blown yeah i wonder if it would be different in person versus on yeah, skype yeah. i wonder i'm sure it would be i'm sure wow. it would be. yeah but that was mine that's 
so fascinating. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. And it's crazy how it, like your two past lives relate to your current life, mm-hmm. as in like you learn lessons from those lives. Exactly. And it's even if you're not learning anything from right. them now, just to see the progression was really interesting. Yeah. And also how I came to find Valerie fascinating. Yeah, that in itself is so of like strange. It, was, it felt like it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And for someone who, I grew up Catholic, but if you ask me anything about the Catholic religion, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Because my mom put me in a Vietnamese Catholic school, which meant they only spoke Vietnamese, which meant I had no goddamn clue what was going on oh my god God. she just wanted me to like learn vietnamese but also learn catholicism and i was like (laughs) cool i'll sit here for a couple hours on a sunday i really don't know what's happening though do you speak vietnamese no it was my first language oh interesting and then i was one of those brats that when you know when you turn like five or six yeah and you go to school you're embarrassed you're embarrassed by speaking another language because you don't want to stand out interesting my mom felt bad Stop speaking Vietnamese to me. She didn't want me to feel like I was getting bullied or anything. Yeah. But then, gone. It's gone. I can count one to ten. That's about it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. But yeah, past life regression, highly recommend. That's crazy. Even as a skeptic. Yeah. Have an open mind. I want to do it now just to see if I like the people, if I recognize anyone from my past lives yeah. and from my current life. Yeah, that's, that's I didn't know that you could have a past life with like a best friend. Yes. Yeah, that's which makes sense. Yes, apparently that's a thing because you'll always, if you have that strong connection, you'll find each other. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Yeah, that that's is really crazy. awesome. What was the name of the woman again? Valerie Keating. I can give you her info. Yeah, okay. So if anyone wants to find her, Valerie. Yeah, yeah we can post her info. Or yeah, we'll post it on our cool. whatever Patreon. She has a Patreon only. You need to pay us two dollars on our Patreon. <laughs> awesome. Where can people find you on the internet if they wanted to? Oh, you take find really you? good pictures. You've been taking a lot of film photos. I'm trying. I'm learning on I'm your Instagram. Um, I'm at KCabs, K K A B Z on cool. Instagram. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Your thanks story. for sharing. That was amazing. Yes. <laughs> wow. Thank you guys. Okay, bye. (laughs) See ya. Bye. (laughs) Well, Melissa, do you believe in... Well, some of these stories are interesting. Like the one with the parents who wrote the book, I kind of think they were like scamming the system. When you try to monetize it. Yeah, that one was a little iffy to me. Some of it, if you believe in it, then like good for you. Like if that's something that you find interesting. But then like... Also, the case of Cameron, his mom, I think, was way more into it, into it than he was. To that extent, I think they're kind of using it to make money. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I would love to have a, a past life regression. We should try to have a past life regression. Yeah, we need to figure that out. I full scale believe in it. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> I hardcore believe in it. I don't think that, I mean, I, I think that children are more like adapted believing their, or remembering their past lives because they're so like close. Yeah. To, I mean, I just think that, that our makes souls, sense. I think, I don't think our souls go, I think our souls continue to move on from body to body. So it makes mm-hmm. sense to me that like, it's possible that you could remember something from your like last soul's life. Yeah, because the kids always stop remembering it after like five or six because yeah. you know it's because like, you're acclimated to yeah. your new life and like new experiences. So I think it's That's possible that like theory. as a child, there are some people who might remember what their like last soul's life was like. But I also think there's a lot of people who could confuse 
memory like could confuse you know like a tv show or something new that they've absorbed with a memory from a past because children are like sponges like they soak in so much knowledge yeah (laughs) maria do you believe do you believe should we be a believer out of you um i don't know i would i would definitely like to be regressed to see kind of what's up but I don't know. It it does seem like a lot of this stuff is parents putting stuff into their kid's head. I mean, show me a kid that's like grown up in a like a box, you know, and knows everything about their past life. But that's just an impossible yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So you'd never get the truth. But I don't know. It's an interesting it's it's I, I believe in it because it's interesting. Yeah. And well, it's not that I believe in it, but I just it's interesting enough for me to question to question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely question it. If you are a listener and you do past life regressions or know someone who does, email us. us. Yeah, Melissa, what's our info? Our info is webcrawlerspod at gmail.com or we're on Twitter at webcrawlerspod and Instagram at webcrawlerspod. Or if you know any cool stories about children remembering their yeah. past lives. Were you a children who remember? A were children? you ever a children? <laughs> if you were a children at one point. And remember a past life. Yeah, hit us up. Hit us up. Thank you for tuning in. I am Ali Siegel. And I'm Melissa Stetton. Keep on crawling. Are those gunshots? No, I think they're fireworks. <laughs> it's the end of our show. We're it's celebrating. the end of our show and our celebratory fireworks are going off. Thank you for listening. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.